Hello, this is the Care to Change podcast, where we discuss practical solutions for positive change. Thanks for joining us. Today, our director, April Bordeaux, will be having a conversation with Michael Spencer, a Care to Change therapist, about addictive behaviors as part of our Marriage Topic series. We appreciate you listening, and we hope we are continuing to foster practical solutions for positive change. Welcome back to this uh, edition of the Care to Change podcast. I'm April Bordeaux from Care to Change, and we are so glad that you have chosen to be here today listening on to the topic of porn and addictive behaviors. We are right in the middle of a marriage series, and this topic here obviously is one of great importance and great impact on marriages these days. And so I have brought back today uh, one of our therapists, Mike Spencer. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. It is really great to be here. I am glad that you're um, willing to talk about this topic that's so important to marriages that we're seeing today. Um, For those of you who haven't met Mike, I thought maybe we could just start before we jump into this nice light kind of topic, right? Um, (laughs) Right. And have Mike share a little bit about himself. Um, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what you do here at Care to Change. Well, um, I've been here for a few years now and really grateful for that, working with the team and feeling like I have uh, connected. So that's been an awesome part of it. I work with men who, uh, in many areas, but also with addiction and pornography, um, and also with uh, church leaders, um, work with families, parenting, uh, and marriages, and particularly with uh, foster and adopted uh, families, helping them uh, kind of process through being what it means to be a parent for children who've experienced trauma. Good, good. Lots of areas. So if you're in one of those categories and find yourself needing to reach out for help, um, Mike's your person for that. So, um, Mike, uh, we have this topic today, porn and addictive behaviors. And gosh, uh, right. I feel like uh, our short little podcast is there's no way to do this justice because there's so much right. to this right. topic. Um where do we even where do we even begin? I, I guess let's start with um, porn and addictive behaviors in, in terms of how much is this really something out there and is it really affecting marriages? Yeah, I mean uh, certainly and um, it's un- unfortunately it's very common you know mm-hmm. um, that, you know, according to folks in the family, like, you know, one in uh, seven of their calls is related to pornography and, and usage on the internet. So 50% of Christian men and 20% of Christian women say that um, they visit a, a porn site. So yeah. uh, in recently, so you that's say challenging. Women, women too. Women too. So it's yeah, not just a, right. a man's, a man's. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's different factors involved in that. I think that, um, you know, uh, some have just sort of been swept into the the culture mm-hmm. of kind of drawn into that and feel like to be accepted, they need to participate too. And for some, it's not about acceptance. It's simply about um, the same for men, a, a fantasy of being cared and loved for mm-hmm. and pursued. Um, so, so, so what's this? Let's, let's start with the, the beginning point. I can remember, okay. you know, I don't know, 25 years ago, it was part of a research study up in 
Michigan, where we sure. studied sex offenders. Now, that's not what we're talking about here, but right, right. out of that research, they found that first offense mm-hmm. uh, paved the way for future offenses, right? right so right. Um, obviously, this is this is not the same, and yet, right. because it has to do with addictive behavior right. um, and how prevalent this is, talk about what, what leads a person the very first first time what's generally the first what's the first reason why someone yeah well you know for many people the first reason why has an awful lot to do with the porn industry Mm -hmm. and that um for them it is financial and and they are aggressive in Mm -hmm. finding people and to uh use their products so to speak i hate to say it in that kind of crass way but they're aggressive they reach out they have lots of tactics of getting children because that's usually the mm-hmm. first first uh experience with pornography is pretty young what what age is it now well you know there it varies between some people say 11 some people say nine but i would venture to say that that those ages that range is pretty strong so nine years old wow. first experience um and that has a lot to do now with um the internet right mm-hmm. and you know it used to be that there were pop-ups you know my, mm-hmm. i can remember my my oldest son calling me saying dad 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 there's this picture on the screen i can't get it off mm. um that's just kind of it popped up uh through you know being on myspace and mm-hmm. uh it, it couldn't get it to go away and mm-hmm. so um had to turn off the computer had to reset the home page because mm-hmm. it had directed our the home page to a, a porn site and so they're pretty aggressive about getting your attention mm-hmm. and so that's gotten younger because of younger uh you know elementary age kids be, you know using the mm-hmm. not the uh, internet for various uh things with school and right yeah. right so we tell our kids you say this age so right. for the listeners you know the the first right. the first thing i'm hearing is yeah it's prevalent you know right. but um you know, the average age of first experience with porn is between nine and 11 years old. Right. So right. nine and 11 years old, you're talking about what, fourth grade, right. uh, fifth right. grade, sixth grade. Right. That's the average age right. of first experience. And so as parents, sometimes we don't even think about, Yeah. well, not until they're in their teens, right? Early adolescent, they right. might be become... Um, you know, they're, they're interested. What does this mean? And they want, they want to see what it's about. And so it's earlier than that. Sure. It's earlier than that. So, um, and now of course we have all kinds of parental Mm -hmm. controls and such that we, we can put on our devices, but so first experience, Mm -hmm. um, does it have an impact on next experience? And if so, how? Well, you know, certainly it, it does and um, have an impact. And oftentimes part of that impact is kind of dual edged. In one sense, the pleasure, the excitement, mm-hmm. there's going to be a dopamine hit from that. But then second, sort of the other side is the shame, you know, mm-hmm. and feeling like, ooh, this is bad. This is awful. I need to hide this. Mm-hmm. So on the one sense, it's it's something that they, it does give them some excitement and pleasure, but oftentimes not completely in a sexual way because they're nine years old. They're not sexualized yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is the process, the beginning of that, Mm -hmm. of early sexualization. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the shame. So they hide it. They don't tell anybody. They feel Mm -hmm. guilty. They feel bad about themselves. So have this ongoing feeling of sort of 
being dirty or being ashamed. Mm -hmm. And so now they have this feeling that that's driving their behaviors and actions. Mm -hmm. And when you then view the porn, those negative feelings go away Mm. when you see it again. So they certainly drive a, a child to find a way to deal with it. So you said when they view the porn, the negative feelings go away. Right. And then after viewing, the shame returns. That's right. And so then viewing again makes it go away. away. So clearly we're beginning to see an addictive pattern, not to mention biologically. Right. Can you talk a little bit about, because some people say, well, as long as I put in you know, controls, my child will never look at it again, or my teen won't, or my my husband or wife won't. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's something that happens there when there's just an accountability or a a measure of stop in place. What happens biologically? And well, certainly the farther you get away from that time of first seeing it, there's a diminishing of that other desire Mm -hmm. and a a diminishing of that craving for the dopamine hit. And hopefully like the parent, if they know they've been able to engage with the child through so that that shame is diminished through a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, through uh, a tender caring for mm-hmm. the child, as opposed to that that sense of of uh, shaming is removed mm. by the parent or adult's interaction with that child, and so that yeah. takes it away. That's sort of counterintuitive because you catch your child on porn, right? Or you catch your spouse on porn, right? Um, offering a loving, connected response, right? isn't often the first right the go-to yeah yeah it's often fear terror and anger (laughs) right yeah right so what you're saying is in order to help prevent we have to whoever's on the receiving and finding it right what might be required is to respond in an in a way that's completely opposing to what right our natural inclination right we want to reduce those negative feelings that Mm -hmm. your child has experienced through viewing the porn I yeah. almost can hear uh, our listeners. I, I can't hear them, but I can almost in, in my mind hear, what? You want us <laughs> sure. to respond in a sure. loving way? What about accountability? What about limits? Right, right. What about, you know, there right. there has to be some consequence. So sure. can you talk, talk through, I guess, two areas, like how does this become addictive? We kind of touched on that. Right. But then how do you help? A loved one, especially your, you know, your child, your spouse. How do right. you help them out of that in a way that, gosh, if it requires loving connection, and that's not right. What do we do? Right, right. Well, you know, I think one, I think having some empathy, just because most of the time this a child experiences the vast majority of time they confront pornography not by a choice to sense of go go look it out, but mm-hmm. it's actually come after them. Like mm-hmm. I said, the the porn industry is seeking to to develop clients, mm-hmm. right? It's seeking uh, an income stream. Mm-hmm. And so it's looking to your child to do that. And so knowing that, then, you know, kind of step away from the anger of this is what my child did this and say, mm-hmm. oh, they've been drawn into this trap, mm-hmm. right? So uh, we want to help them free them from that trap, mm-hmm. you know, if they've been in it a while or if they've just seen it. And so drawing them out um, mm-hmm. is what we want to do, not simply, um, you know, chastise them or shame them more. Mm-hmm. And that's going to make them want to isolate. And when they're isolated and they're feeling mm-hmm. bad, well, then they have the porn is all that more enticing to go back to. Which which speaks to, you know, some marriage series. And so that's right. helpful as parents. But when you're thinking about this in, in light of marriage, mm-hmm. you say, well, instead of chastising, offering this 
you know, right. to restore them back. Like, mm-hmm. Can you talk about the dynamics in a marriage of sure. how do you prevent, how do you respond when you see it? How do you heal? What's this process sure. look like when once right. porn has entered the marriage? What, right. what do you do? Yeah. And I think, you know, some of that's really hard because for, you know, for, for wives and the challenge often is that the, the culture is sort of saying you need to look like this. And so mm-hmm. their fear is that, well, my husband now is comparing me to all of this mm-hmm. and I certainly don't measure up to what they've done in Photoshop mm-hmm. right. <laughs> to these images or, or, or whatever. And so some of that immediately goes in there to fear. Um, but meeting with men, when I find that there's, there tends to be two different kinds. There's, uh, I've met with so many men who have been involved and struggled with pornography since they were nine or 11 mm. and no one has known. Mm. And they've suddenly, you know, they're late twenties, early thirties, 40 years old. And suddenly it comes out that they've been viewing porn and, and the natural inclination is to think, well, they've been, you know, that this, this has been something that they've they have just given themselves to and that they haven't, um, they, it's not the sort of, uh, sexual addiction that you would expect mm-hmm. of someone just sort of seeking it out. They've just sort of hidden it. They've struggled individually alone because of the shame. Mm-hmm. And so now they need they're, they're It's like they're being caught. They're being, it's coming out for the first time mm-hmm. and they need that support and to say, okay, so let's involve other people in this there mm-hmm. needs some accountability isn't about being in trouble accountability is about living in the light mm-hmm. and that you have a you have not, you know a life where there's nothing to hide and it's fully delightful and accepting that there are normal struggles mm. that people have and that that's why the porn industry is so big and mm-hmm. so strong is because they take an advantage of this mm-hmm. And they're taking advantage of children. <laughs> right. There's the other, and there's the other man who he's been sort of fighting with it all of his life. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's struggled and tried to find a way out. And we're probably more there dealing more with addiction. Okay. Uh, in that he uh, has uh, used the pornography in a, to manage his life. Now that may sound strange, mm-hmm. but he's doing it to manage his emotions. He's doing it to, to manage the stresses of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to help, uh, this, this person find other ways to mm-hmm. manage that stress. Um, because what we know is that sexual arousal diminishes stress. Mm-hmm. It pushes away anxiety and stress and anger. And so, um, we, uh, so in one sense, there's been some emotional development that hasn't happened that should have happened because porn has been used to manage the, his emotions and to uh, deal with the stresses of life. Mm-hmm. So here's a person that there needs to be some growth and needs to be walked alongside of. And so mm-hmm. accountability is for having people to walk with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't recommend that the wife is the accountability partner. Thank you for saying that. I was going to ask. Right. Yeah. I know we've talked about this before. And what's interesting is, you know, you talk about that um, after porn use, there's this element of shame and mm-hmm. which keeps things in the dark. Right? right. That's right. And so within the context of marriage, mm-hmm. um, there's an element of shame, especially in Christian homes. Right. Um, right. If the if a spouse has... Mm-hmm. 
um, whether it's an addiction or um, been whatever it, involved with porn. Right. So the couple together could be filled with shame and not reach out. Right. And then instinctively, whoever wasn't mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. in 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 the porn, right. you know, wife in this situation, right. your your example, then becomes the default accountability. Well, there's something that happens in the marriage dynamics right. when when a wife is the accountability partner. Right. I love what you said about accountability that it's living in the light. It's not mm-hmm. like a a rule based. I'm going to right. police rather than we're right. just going to live together in the light. But right. how do you? So you say. What you're telling listeners is wives, mm-hmm. if it's your husband that's in, in porn, it's not your role to become the accountability partner. Right. What do you tell the wife to do? Yeah. Um, so typically, you know, they're going to need some people to help support them. Right. You know, so it's great for them. It'd be really good for them to have at least two to three people, you know, to the wives or the, the husbands, wives, the wives. The wives okay. right. That they can talk to about this, mm-hmm. um, and how, and their own struggles, because mm-hmm. typically, uh, you know, his struggles are going to bring up some insecurity in her and mm-hmm. some sh- struggles that, you know, she has had. So there'll be, it'll, uh, uncover some work for her to do, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, with her own sense of identity and who mm-hmm. she is. Um, uh, and so having some people that she can talk to and kind of keeping it to that, you know, one sense, a, a small enough group to feel like there are enough people to talk to mm-hmm. that are available when you need them, mm-hmm. when you're frustrated about this, uh, when you're afraid uh, that you don't measure up, um, mm-hmm. when you find yourself wanting to replace your wardrobe, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that there are these other women who to support you. And in all likelihood, the probability is that it's not going to be hard to find other women who have had their husbands who've had struggles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, for it being as prevalent as it is, uh, when you say it's not going to be hard for women to find other women, right? Um, I, I know f- here at Here to Change, when when couples have come in, and this is right. part of the reason why they're here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say to them, you know, as, Mm -hmm. as part of the regular questioning, have you, have you, who's your support system? Have you spoken with your life group or whatever? And rarely do I hear yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's this element of shame that keeps them from that. And yet that's such an important part to the healing process, that support. Mm -hmm. What about Mm -hmm. the men? So if you, if you're saying to the wives, you know, if this is a, in, in that home, but which I heard the stat that women are as you know, not, not as high, but definitely they're not immune from, um, pornography use. But if you said to uh, a woman, okay, you have your two or three, what can, what would you say a wife could do to help her husband then if, if it's not accountability, right. Um, and you have this support system, what does she do in terms of helping her husband and what, what is it for a husband to do? So if a husband says, you know, I, I do want to, I, I do want to make change. Right. So it's kind of right. two questions for you. Right. Well, so, um, usually if there's addiction involved and pornography can certainly become that, um, you know, that there's been a breaking of connection for that person, for mm-hmm. that man. So the, the hope or the need is that there would be uh, a connection in the relationship that would be built. Now, that can be difficult when there's a sense of how to, you know building that connection when I don't feel like I trust the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also what openness does with the accountability is mm-hmm. helping that connection. So wives, you know, 
um, is just uh, be aware, you know, that your husband is experiencing stressful things in his life. And that becomes part of your connection. Mm -hmm. That becomes part of your life that you discuss. Um, for a man, they can certainly feel like I'm not supposed to be stressed. I'm supposed to be strong. I'm not supposed mm -hmm. to struggle. Mm -hmm. And so accepting, uh, that your husband does struggle mm -hmm. and has stressful things and being that, that, uh, partner who accepts the, that reality. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, if, if, uh, if a wife struggles with accepting that her husband has weakness, right, mm -hmm. then that's going to be a challenge. Right. Right. So we want to, you know, so if, you know, connection in that way is being, is functioning in the opposite of the addiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, you can almost, I can, well, I've, I've heard enough of the arguments, right? So you can right. almost fill yes. in the blanks for what the sure. women are saying, even as they right. hear this, like, so you mean to tell me that my husband, you know, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. What can the husband do to say, I'm going to own this. Mm -hmm. I need to make change. And this is what I need right. from my wife. I mean, right. it's connection, but there has to right. be some sort of a restorative process, right? That's right. The, the rebuilding of the trust, right. rebuilding of the relationship. It right. takes time. It's not one time right. in the office. It's discovered. Okay, I forgive right. you. It's over. It just, I wish it was that clean, yeah. right? It would be right. so nice. Right. It, you know, sort of like if we just had the magic wand. Yes. It'd be so nice, but that's mm -hmm. not reality. We're not right. going to talk on this podcast about things that aren't really real. But right. so if the husband is, what does the wife do? What does she say? She says, okay, what can the husband do on his side? Because if the wife's saying, well, he's, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm supposed to help him have mm -hmm. a less stressful life when, <laughs> right? So right, what right, can the husband right. do? <laughs> well, certainly I think, you know, um, what's going to happen then, of course, is that every time he's on his a device, a phone or a laptop or computer, there's like, oh, what is he doing? Mm -hmm. So I, I would say that um, many ways for the relationship, there should be a regular fasting from our devices in mm -hmm. the, when we're with our families. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, one, husbands never take a device into the bathroom, right? Mm -hmm. Don't ever take your phone. Don't ever take your iPad. You know, if you're watching a movie on your laptop, on Netflix, don't carry it into the bathroom. Leave that. Pause it. Leave it. Mm -hmm. Right? So that there's just like, hey, I know you, you know what I'm doing, right? Right. If I'm on a device, it's plain. It, it's, you know, obvious, right? In so, plain sight, right. And so I think those are some kind of basic things of saying, okay, I'm going to limit my time because if connection is the opposite of addiction, then you have to evaluate all the other ways mm -hmm. we're destructive to connection, which mm -hmm. oftentimes are devices, right? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, maybe we're not watching porn to deal with our stress, but maybe we're, we're playing a game to deal with our stress, right? right. Or other things on our, on our devices that will give us a dopamine hit. Right. Um, and so uh, putting those things away and just, you know, pull out the sorry game or pull out the uno cards, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> you know, start engaging together as a family or for, you know, frankly, buy a set of question cards and ask questions during the dinner time to provide mm -hmm. some knowingness. But when it comes to devices, what they can do is begin to use them only when other people are present and could see what they're doing. Right. And then also fasting in the, you know, maybe there's no devices after eight o'clock, right. Mm -hmm. Or how, however you want to practice mm -hmm. it, but really limiting yourself because oftentimes we just, we just kind of wander into isolation and disconnection. We wander into isolation and disconnection. Yep. 
And I heard you say addiction is the opposite of connection. Right. I think that's what I've I've heard over and over. Connection, mm-hmm. the the relationship between connection mm-hmm. or lack of connection as it relates to addiction. Right. Um, and so I know we're 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 running out of time. We're out of time for right. today, and I feel like we're just barely talking about this. So for those of you who we just sort of ripped mm-hmm. the Band-Aid off um, or you're wanting more, mm-hmm. um, I want to encourage you to text or call our care line. Um, Mike is here. We have a whole mm-hmm. team of people who are here to help walk alongside you. If this has been something that has affected your marriage or someone that you know in their mm-hmm. marriage, I want to encourage you to share this. But mm-hmm. also know that we have seen the hope of restoration in marriages mm-hmm. even after uh, pornography seeks to destroy it and addiction seeks to destroy right. it. So this isn't just, um, Hey, this is what happens. And here are practical things. Also, we want right. to really just offer you hope and just say, you know, there, there is life after porn in a marriage. And mm-hmm. so there is a way uh, to make it work. So please, um, reach out to us, contact our Caroline, Mike, thank you for being here. Mike is here. There are others, like I said, on the team, but, um, know that we're here for you. It's a heavy topic and it's not going anywhere. Um, if we get enough response about this, we'll, we'll do another series on this. And I have a feeling that others will want to hear more. Um, and so thank you, Mike. Thank you for those listening and we'll see you soon. You've been listening to the care to change podcast, where we discuss practical solutions for positive change. Don't forget to view the show notes for resources mentioned in the conversation. Please reach out to us through the care line at 317-979-7133 or at help at caretochange.org. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube as well. Thanks for listening, and we hope to continue to foster practical solutions for positive change.